Fragments of Fright, the complete series, is now available. All five volumes of the international best-selling series bundle together into one convenient horrifying collection. Go to Amazon and search for Fragments of Fright Complete Series or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. If you like scary stories, You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. <laughs> Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. The Scenic Route My parents live in northern Tennessee, which is approximately two hours from me. Every other week, I take a little road trip over the weekend and visit them. If I take the expressway, I'm there right at the two-hour mark, but if I opt to take the scenic route, it's normally a two-and-a-half to three-hour trip. I normally take the scenic route. There's a cluster of different back roads that will get me to my destination. Depending on which way I go, I might pass by a life-sized pink elephant, the world's largest soccer ball, a motel of wigwams, various birthplaces of famous people, and countless small towns that each holds their own unique charm about them. The route I was taking on this day didn't take me by any roadside attractions. It was the true country back road route that passed through forests and farmland. With the exception of the occasional tobacco barn or farmhouse, there was nothing much to observe in the way of structures, just land as far as the eye could see. I was in the process of driving down a skinny road that was just a step above a dirt path when I came across another sign of life. It was a plain white van pulled over on the side of the road. The hood was up and I could see a burly man fidgeting around under it. I decided to get out and give the man a hand. Most wouldn't expect that the mechanical cavalry had arrived when they see a skinny 5'3 tomboy arrive on the scene, but that's exactly what they were getting. I come from a long line of mechanics. My great-grandfather was a mechanic. My grandfather was a mechanic. My father was a mechanic. My three brothers are all mechanics, and it's a passion of mine as well. So I'm an ace when it comes to vehicles of any kind. What seems to be the problem? The man stepped away from the shield of the hood. He was a mean-looking fella in his thirties. His body was broad. His hands were the size of catcher's mitts. 
He was bald and had a scar running down one side of his face. There was something odd about his demeanor. He seemed uneasy. My gut told me that he was hiding something. He snarled as he spoke with a gruff, cavernous voice. It just died. Want me to take a look at it? He gawked at me for a few seconds. You? I let out a laugh as I walked past him. Have you ever heard the old saying that looks can be deceiving? Yeah, that describes me to a T, mister. It took me about ten seconds to figure out what the problem was. You don't know a whole lot about engines, do you? He shook his head. Your car battery is corroded all to hell. It's built up so bad it's keeping the current from flowing. He stepped forward to gaze at the corrosion I pointed out. Can you fix it? I smiled, in a jiffy. As I walked back to my truck to get my cable cleaners, I noticed that the van's back windows were covered up with cardboard. That was definitely a red flag. I noticed that one of the cardboard portions was hanging loose. I could see the masking tape that was holding it in place about to give way. I grabbed my cable cleaners from my truck and went to work on cleaning up the corrosion from his battery connectors. I grabbed my cable cleaners from my truck and went to work on cleaning up the corrosion from his battery connectors. As I worked, I made a little small talk with the intimidating man. So, what are you doing out here in the middle of nowhere? Where are you headed? Guthrie. I lifted my head and raised an eyebrow as I spoke. Guthrie? I heard that town is full of crazies. Rumor is that back in the day they used to burn people alive. You best be careful. The big man stepped forward and held an offended grimace on his face as he responded. I live in Guthrie. I'm one of those so-called crazy people. Boy, didn't I really put my foot into it. I immediately tried to smooth things over. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend... He interrupted. Have you ever been to Guthrie? I shook my head. I didn't think so. Those are just absurd urban legends. His tone got sharper as he continued. You're just like everyone else. You rush to judgment, not even pausing to consider your own ignorance. I held up a hand. My apologies, mister. Sometimes I talk before I think. I didn't mean anything by it. He stood there brooding and watching me as I finished up the repair as fast as I possibly could. Once complete, I pointed to the cab of the van. Give it a try. The menacing man marched to his van, got in, and it started right up. I shut the hood and wiped my hands off on my jeans as I approached him. This will get you to Guthrie, but you need a new battery. That one looks like a tale as old as time. He stared at me coldly, obviously still resentful about my inopportune comment. As I walked away, I stopped and turned when I heard him yell out, Hey! He was staring at me coldly with fierce eyes, but maybe his looks were as deceiving as mine because he then sincerely told me, Thanks. I nodded and shot him a friendly smile. As I turned and started for my truck, I noticed that the hanging cardboard piece on his van's back window was now merely dangling as it had fallen most of the way down. This allowed me to see clearly into the back of his van. I stopped in my tracks and let out an audible gasp. 
There was a young girl in her early teens lying in the back. Her wrists and ankles were bound with duct tape, and she was gagged. She was moving a little bit, but appeared to be groggy as if sedated. I wish you hadn't have seen that. I turned around to see the large man wringing his hands as he stood staring at me. He was obviously in a bind, and I could tell that his instinct was to get rid of the witness, so I quickly offered him an ultimatum. Let the girl come with me, and I'll forget I ever saw you. Deal? As expected, he shook his head and declined my offer. I can't do that. She's coming with me. And so are you. The hulk of a man charged me. I whirled away and he stumbled clumsily into the side of the van. This enraged him. I could see the fury in his eyes when he spun around and readied himself for another attack. Before he could launch another offensive, I surprised him by stepping forward and kicking him square in the family jewels. He doubled over enough for me to reach his face and I took that opportunity to poke him in the eye. Oh yeah, my father wasn't just a mechanic. He was also a martial arts instructor. I knew how to handle myself, but I wasn't stupid. This guy was a giant compared to me. If he were able to get me in his grasp, I'd be done for. I had to get the girl and get out of there while I had a chance. I popped open the back doors and the sunlight cast a spotlight on the contents of the van. The girl had managed to rise up into a sitting position, but was still very weak. A large stone with a natural sunken center was tied to a rope and it was hanging over the girl's neck like some kind of primitive necklace. There were thick iron rods lining the bed of the van and small, bright red berries were scattered throughout. What was all of this? What was this man planning on doing with this girl? The girl pawed at the heavy stone necklace around her neck. Her voice was frail. Can you help me get this off? I jumped into the van and removed the unusual stone necklace from the girl's neck and began pulling her toward the back of the van. She started mumbling something about moving the iron bars. As I reached for one of the thick iron bars, I heard the man's voice bellow. Don't do it! As I started pushing the heavy, cold iron bars to the side, I gazed over to see the mammoth of a man getting to his knees and rubbing his injured eye. Don't do it. Don't move that iron. She can't pass over the iron. I shoved the iron bars out of the way and pulled the girl from the truck, much to the chagrin of the big man. No, if she's free from the hagstone and the rowan berries, she'll regain her strength. Just as those words left the big man's mouth, the young girl kicked me squarely in the chest, sending me flying ten feet through the air before crashing to the earth. As I lifted my head from the ground, I witnessed an unbelievable spectacle before me. The young girl was glowing. Her skin had taken on a subtle green appearance, and her arms were raised toward the sky. The big man was suspended in mid-air like a helium balloon. He was screaming helplessly. I cried out to the young girl that I just saved. What are you doing? She turned her scowling face my way and spoke in a shriek. I'll deal with you in a moment, my pretty. But, but I, I saved you. <laughs> that was your mistake. 
As she turned her attention back to the big man floating in the air, I knew I had to do something, so I rushed the glowing green girl. I didn't make it anywhere near her before I felt an invisible grip latch around my throat. The big man dropped to the ground and suddenly it was I that was being hoisted up in the air suspended by nothing but a sinister force. I could barely breathe. I gazed down at the evil girl below who seemed to be amused by the whole ordeal. But as I looked at her, I noticed the big man sneaking up behind her with that monolithic necklace in his hands. With the girl being distracted by me, the big man was able to drop the hagstone rope over the girl's neck. I immediately dropped to the ground in a heap. As I lifted myself up, I saw the wicked girl on her hands and knees. The glow around her had vanished. Her skin was now pale, and she was in a frail state once again. I watched on as the big man tossed the weakened girl back into the van amidst the rowan berries and set the cold iron bars back in place. He shut the van doors and walked to me. He held out his hand and helped me to my feet. He allowed me a moment to brush off my hands and catch my breath before he spoke. The town folk of Guthrie don't burn people. We burn wicked witches. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for our newsletter and I'll give you some free stuff. We'll see you soon. Very soon. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. The Roswell UFO Incident This is what really happened. Only 99 cents or free with Kindle Unlimited. Also available in paperback or audiobook. Go to Amazon and search for The Roswell UFO Incident or go to ManiacOnTheLoose.com slash books.